Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, we're back for another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive all year long. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. I'm happy to be talking to y'all again, quicker than we expected, which is a nice change of pace here lately. It is. My favorite nights of the week. Yes. Like the week days. Has this week felt like the longest week in the yes. history? Yes. 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 What is yes. yes. I have no clue. I don't. I was really excited and I felt like it was Friday all day. And then it hit me at the end of the day. It's like, oh, crap. I have a whole other day tomorrow. Right? Yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm thinking I mean, it's, it's just August. And like, <laughs> we all went out of August. Yes. So did you guys see that trailer for that Christmas movie, uh, Last Christmas? Yes. With I did. I did. With Amelia Clark and Emma Thompson? Yes. That looks so good. It does, right? I love Emma Thompson with like a Russian accent. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't all... expecting that when she opened her mouth. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <It wasn't> even... <laughs> I'm, I'm optimistic, y'all. Oh, I, I totally. Am... Although as one of our listeners on Reddit it's... pointed out, it seems to have nothing to do with, with this song. I don't think it's related to the song at all. Yeah, so, I mean, was it supposed to be? Well, the official plot summary says, based on the way Everyone's song. assumed it. Oh. Yeah, and everybody's thought it had to do... Everybody has thought thus far it's had to do with Wham. Oh, well. What's your favorite version? A... Who, who does your favorite version of that song? I like the original. Okay, what about you? Uh, prob- Norwegian throat probably- humming song. <laughs> <laughs> when we lost during the uh, ice storm back in the day here julia where everybody in tulsa lost power we lost power yes. for a few hours and i decided that that was the appropriate time for me to learn to do throat singing. throat singing so i practiced throat singing the entire time christine was pretty elated when power came back on but no my favorite version uh, of yeah. that, <laughs> my favorite version of that song is by jimmy Eat world oh i haven't heard that version me it's either. a really good I version jimmy Eat world though they're my favorite band of all times. Oh, they're great. And they're... have been since uh, 1996. Um, I hadn't heard in forever the, I don't even know the name of it, but it's the, whoa, that song. The middle? Yes. I hadn't heard that song in years and it popped up on Apple Music and that song makes me like vibrate with happiness. So I'm not a big fan of that song. Never have been. Um, Ever? I think because... No, it just, it wasn't one of my favorite songs from Bleed America album, now called the self-titled album. They had to change it after 9-11, but I think they've gone back to Bleed America again. Anyway, and then it got really popular, and I was way too cool to have a band, like, to have a favorite band who was popular, so I had to, like, you know, really hate it a lot then, and now I'm just, I'm kind of ambivalent about it now. I'm cool. Uh, I was... (laughs) I was into emo, so I was always cool. <laughs> that song reminds me of school years at OSU 
and like walking from my dorm to the Saratine Center, which is where band orchestra practices and stuff like that. And that's like blissful memories. So NPR's All Things Considered just did a survey where they were asking people, you know, what is the music of of school for you? What music got you through school? And um, my favorite band in school was Jimmy World and they made the list. It was unfortunately the middle, but you know, that's okay. And Christine's favorite music back in the day was uh, Ani DeFranco and her favorite Ani DeFranco song is uh, 13 Flavor. 32 flavors and that song was on the list as well. I love that song. I uh, I just found it interesting that both of those were listed by by listeners as the two of the the songs that got them through cuz neither of them were that big. It, listeners, if you ever want a comprehensive list of the best Jimmy World songs ranked in order, please feel free to reach out and I'm happy to provide that to you. Um, <laughs> I also I also need to stress that it is not an opinion, but a fact. And uh, there is no room for debate in the list that I will provide with you. Well, that should greatly limit the people that reach out to you for that list. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, since we're covering a DC movie this week, before we hop into it, did you see who is in talks to play Alfred and the Batman coming out? No. Pierce Brosnan. Apparently, him and Brad Pitt are now out the front runners for Alfred and Commissioner Gordon. And I heard that news and I was like, wow, we're in a world where instead of them being considered for Bruce Wayne, they are now old enough to be considered for the wiser older. <laughs> and then I Googled a picture of what Pierce Brosnan looks like now and I was like, I can see it. Really? I'm not very excited Pierce about Brosnan as Alfred and Brad Pitt as Gordon? That's a I don't combo. know. That's weird. That's yeah. weirder than Robert Pattinson as that man to me. This is a That's, weird cast. Even, I'm going to try to be open-minded about Robert Pattinson. I was pretty close-minded about Ben Affleck, and I was thoroughly impressed. So, yeah. Were you thoroughly impressed with Ben Affleck or the fact that it was a dark Frank Miller type take on Batman? I was really impressed with, with, with Ben Affleck's performance, and I wish we could have seen more of what Ben Affleck could have done with better writing. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think he could have made a good Batman. I think he like, did he a good I think with what he had, he he blew me away with, with what the script was. But um, I know Julia would, and I think I know a DC film she might like better than Batman versus Superman. At least I thought she might when I was watching it. Julia, what movie is that? I, hope, <laughs> I think everybody likes it more than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Probably even Ben Affleck. <laughs> um... Although I will say he looks a bit like Ben Affleck in this movie. Um, so this week we are covering, we're, we're stepping back into the land of DC and the question of, is this a Christmas movie or not? With 2019's Shazam superhero movie that came out not too terribly long ago and actually just was made available, what, in the last month or so to actually purchase the digital download. So this is a pretty darn current one for what we typically cover on the podcast. So I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to run through a real quick synopsis and um, I'm going to leave all of the discussion for all of the backstory on the comics I need that I don't have. And I purposefully did not Google because I knew Anthony would know it or Tom too, because they're the DC brains. So here's what our movie's about. We all have a superhero inside of us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In 14-year-old Billy Batson's case, all he needs to do is shout out one word to transform into the adult superhero Shazam. 
Still a kid at heart, Shazam revels in the new version of himself by doing what any other teen would do, have fun while testing out his newfound powers. But he'll need to master them quickly before the evil Dr. Thaddeus Savannah can get his hands on Shazam's magical abilities. Also left out, this kid is a super sad foster kid backstory with a really cool foster family setting. And he's a bit of a punk at the beginning. And there's just terrible synopsis tonight, but it will all be revealed. This movie's based on a DC Comics. Um, question for later. Apparently this guy is the original Captain Marvel, which I'm very confused by. So let me put a pin in that one for later discussion, Anthony, because I have questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie was directed by David Sandberg. Um, and looking through his list of things he's done, there's not a ton, but if there are a few things that were recent. So Lights Out looks like a horror movie that came out in 2016. He also had a hand directing Annabelle creation. Um, other than that, there's really not that much. Annabelle has a cameo in this film. Does she really? She's in the little pawn shop at the beginning that uh, Billy Batson calls the police to. I need to rewatch that. Screenplay was written by Henry Gaiden. Same thing, not not a lot. He was a miscellaneous assistant crew member in Spider-Man 3, which I thought was kind of funny. And he was a writer for a movie I remember the trailer but never saw, Earth to Echo. It's got a cute little robot in it. I loved that movie. Is a good movie? It is a good movie. That movie was so underrated. Okay. Well, he wrote the screenplay for that one too. I don't know that I was overwhelmed by the amazing screenplay or directing in this movie, but like the whole package worked for me. You know, some movies it sticks out. This one, it didn't really, but it was highly, highly entertaining. So starring in this movie as Shazam, which is our superhero version of Billy Batson, is Zachary Levi. Um, you might know Zachary Levi from the place I know Zachary Levi from the most, and that's as the voice of Flynn Rider in Tangled, which makes me very mm-hmm. happy. But my guess is you probably know Zachary Levi from Check, which was where he first came on the stage in the show Check um, as the, was he like mistaken as the crime fighting IT guy? Is that right? I never actually watched that show. Yeah, we can say, we can go with that. <laughs> but a loose interpretation of what he did. <laughs> I mean, you. I highly recommend watching that show. Okay. Well, I like him, so I ought to give it a chance. Um, he's also known for Thor The Dark World. He was Fandral, the, the second Fandral, not the first Fandral. Mm-hmm. Don't get it wrong. Um, they switched Fandrals, which buys, kind of drives me nuts. But um, he also made a teeny tiny little reappearance in Thor Ragnarok, but he didn't last very long. Spoiler alert. And uh, he also has done some voice work and for video games. And he's in the Marvelous Miss Maisel TV series. Y'all watch that show? I cannot recommend that show enough. And if you, because you guys are big fans of Gilmore Girls, you too would love it. Because Sarah, it's Amy Powell, right? Yep. Sarah's one of Sarah's favorite shows with Gilmore Girls. And now her favorite show is this show. And same with one of my English friends. Same deal. So highly recommend that show. So funny. Have to check that out. Is he a good guy in that movie? show Mm -hmm. okay good because i don't know if i could handle it if he wasn't because i'm a big fan we also have as the villain dr sivana is played by mark strong he plays a great villain and more often than not he's a villain (laughs) um actors like that always make me laugh because they're typecast but you know what you do something well you just keep doing it it's Um, not his first appearance in a dc film what other dc films has he been in 
He was Sinestro in the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern film back in 2011 or whenever that came out. I feel like that's actually before that, but he was the best part of that film, and I was always disappointed we never got a sequel with him as the main villain. He was also in Stardust, one of my favorite movies of all time. He was Septimus, which is funny because he kind of starts as a bad guy, but then he ends up being one of the funniest characters as one of the dead brothers in the movie. Um, You might know him from Rock and Rolla. He was also in Sherlock Holmes as the bad guy, Lord Henry Blackwood. (laughs) He was in, oh, Green Lantern. I see that now. And I'm assuming Sinestro is a bad guy. Well, yeah, yes. turns into a bad so, guy. Bad not guy. Originally. Yeah, not at first. He was in John Carter. It doesn't say if he's a bad guy, but I'm just going to tell you right now, he's probably a bad guy. He was also in Zero Dark Thirty, <laughs> um, The Imitation Game. I don't think he was the bad guy in The Imitation Game. Wasn't he the guy that recruited him to begin with? Yes. Yeah, so not a bad guy in that one. Kick-A. He was a bad guy in Kick-A. Yeah, I never saw that movie. Is that good? It is so good. So good. The first one. The second one is not. The There's second one was just, yeah, the second one was just trying to make money on a sequel. Yep. It, lacked, yeah. it lacked everything the first one had. I, that made it great, I thought. The first oh. one, oh, I love that movie. I did too. Oh, really? Okay. I'll have to check that one out. Um, playing our young Billy Batson, so the kid version of Shazam, is the young Asher Angel. Um, he's pretty new to the stage. It looks like he only has a few credits to his name. Wait, I didn't scroll down far enough. So it looks like he's been acting for quite some time. Lots of Disney (laughs) channel stuff (laughs) since he was five. So really, let's put this in perspective. He's been acting for 11 years. It's really pretty impressive. (laughs) a lot of stuff where his name is a reference. Like, he plays himself. I'm very confused. (laughs) I'm serious. Like, look at his stuff. It's He's got Asher Angel Getaway, the short. Asher Angel Chemistry. It's a short. Asher Angel One Thought Away featuring Wiz Khalifa. I mean, is he a rapper or something? Featuring Wiz Khalifa? Yeah. (laughs) And then he's in all these Andy Macs, too. He plays... Is yep. he Andy Mac? No, he plays Jonah Beck. The kids probably all know who he is then. All okay. the kids collectively as an entire people group. <laughs> it's a collective people group. I think I just became old, right? When I said the yeah, kids. I, the kids. you saw it all happen. I made that transition. I felt old <laughs> when me and Sarah were driving back from Boston. We stopped in Rhode Island to visit my sister and her boyfriend. And uh, I texted my mother, oh, we just uh, met the kids for lunch. And I didn't realize, like, I just called my sister a kid. And even she's only, like, two and a half years younger. I was <laughs> like, oh, we just met the kids for lunch. <laughs> okay. I met her for I'm dinner at four o'clock at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> we've got asher angel he is primarily known for andy mack so he probably is fairly popular in the younger circles that we're not privy to i thought he was good in this movie he was however outshined by his other kind of primary kid counterpart um jack dylan grazier which plays his buddy or what becomes his buddy his foster brother um freddie freeman he has um he has his arm braces when he walks, so he's disabled. But he is most known for now for his role in the, the recent It's. Um, he plays Eddie Kasbrack in those beautifully. I him in that movie. Yeah, he's a great Eddie. So he plays, um, in the movie, he plays Shazam's manager, but really he's a sidekick. And it's a really fun relationship that develops between both Shazam and this kid, as well as Billy Batson and this kid. Um, so that's yep. 
that's a bunch of the movie and that definitely worked for me. So I want to know our histories with this movie. Anthony, why don't you go? Because I think you have the longest history with this movie. The movie I saw opening night when it came out in March or whenever it came out. It came out a month after Captain Marvel because all the TV spots said the most fun you'll have at the cinema since Captain Marvel, which is funny (laughs) because he was originally Captain Marvel in the comic. So (laughs) saw opening night, loved it. It's probably my favorite DC movie, like in continuity DC universe movie, excluding all the, you know, Burton and Chris Nolan Batman films. Yeah, I just think it is a delight. And when I saw it, I knew we had to cover it for the podcast because it's at least set at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I thought when I saw it originally that Julia would really like it because of the foster family storyline, especially. So we'll see if I'm right when we talk about it. But yeah, I bought the Blu-ray, the Steelbook, a few uh, a week ago, two weeks ago when it came out. What about you, Tom? Everybody here, I've talked about it exhaustively. I'm a DC guy. I like this movie a lot. Um, I saw it a couple weeks ago. I don't get to see movies that often anymore. Christine's not really a big superhero fan, so this was I stole a little time to myself and watched it, and I was really glad I did. I liked the movie a lot. There were some issues I have in this movie that um, I'm excited to talk to Anthony about. I've been wanting to since I watched it. Not that I don't want to talk to you too, Julia, but um, just some backstory, some DC stuff. I have to agree with Anthony. This is the best DC movie I've seen in a really, really long time. I'm hoping DC can continue with what they've done. Um, I like supporting comic book franchises and that don't counter my worldview dramatically. I hope DC can continue with what they started here. And I'll stop there. Otherwise, I'm going to start getting into some too much stuff too early and, and and i'll just say that too about that i hope they continue that too because uh i mean the goal is you know you want dc to eventually be as successful as marvel marvel wants dc to be as successful as marvel because it's just good for the comic book movie industry in general more variety and yeah kevin Feige's always talking about he'd be willing to help them if they gave him a call well that's somewhat patronizing though too at the same time right i mean it, it, but like when when he's always asked about his favorite comic book movie what inspired him to get into movies in general he said uh christopher reeves is superman is still the pinnacle for him and he says uh you know be true to the characters like that and you shouldn't have a problem and that's Mm -hmm. a problem that i think we can all agree dc has a major issue with except for batman and shazam well i mean even then and wonder woman which Batman are we talking about? Because they've, they've had some issues. Yeah, I like this more than I did the new Wonder Woman, too. Um, just so you know. And that was a good movie. So I uh, <laughs> I saw the previews for this movie and thought it looked awesome. And kind of knew I was going to love it right away. So when it came out, didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. But when it came out for purchase, I just bought it straight away. Because I just kind of knew, right? There are always those movies where you're like, I'm going to enjoy this. And it's yep. going to be worth it. I bought it. Um, and then I watched it today. And I didn't get to watch it with any of my kids or Marty, which was kind of a bummer, but I'm excited to re-watch it with the kids and Marty. And I uh, I really liked this movie. <laughs> this Good. movie was a ton of fun. And it made me very interested. Like, so the neatest thing about this one for me, since I'm not a DC fan, I had like zero idea of anything that happened with this character at all. I didn't know any of the mythology. It was all a total surprise to me. The story was unraveling as I watched it. And I still had some questions at the end where I'm like, okay, I need to go back and I need to fill some gaps in and see what's the movie version of this and what actually happened in the comic books. 
And then I stopped myself because I figured I'd just get it from y'all since you're the experts. Um, so that leads me into my next question. So I don't know anything about the comic version of Shazam. And I saw a little snippet about this was the original Captain Marvel. Like mm-hmm. you just said. I don't understand how that works. Captain Marvel was created by Marvel and there was a lawsuit. Anthony, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. There was a lawsuit because... DC said that Captain Marvel was too much like Superman. DC won that, and they won the rights to Captain Marvel. And this is the origin story of Captain Marvel. DC decided, oh, not actually, it wasn't that long ago that he became Shazam, was it, Anthony? It was was with the new 52. And it was because of the confusion with the name Captain Marvel. They, DC had called it Captain Marvel before Marvel created Captain Marvel. And then they took that name, and between the name and the power set, they're like, no, you can't do that. So why would DC ever have named anything, anything with the word Marvel in it? Because DC was around before Marvel. But was Marvel around when they created Captain Marvel? And I think DC was going for, you know, Marvel as in Marvelous, like power. And I get that. I totally get that, but that sort of feels like Coca-Cola making a product called Pepsi. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, if, it, if they were around at the same time, it would be highly confusing to me. If they were not, right? If Marvel was not even a thing when, when Captain Marvel was created, that would make more sense to me because then it really would just mean Marvel Marvelous. Well, you but notice it. They never, say, they never say his name. They never give him a name in the film. Shazam's not the name. No. Yep. No, it's right. not the name. So I, I liked the running gag through the film of Freddie coming up with a billion different nicknames for him. Yes. And just seeing the YouTube videos and every video has a different name for him. See, and that was just funny to me. And I didn't realize there was this backstory where the name was a legit well, thing. Well, it's funny because him and Zachary Levi and Brie Larson kind of like bonded over that like so they were very supportive of each other's movies and plugging each other's movies when they came out and trying to get the really hardcore fans who just trash the other brand to you know sit down and shut up and so marvel comics number one was dated 1939 captain marvel also came out under dc brand in 1939 Okay, they could legit have named it Captain Marvel, meaning someone. Marvelous. Someone copied. Someone copied someone. You will find <laughs> that a lot of Marvel, like Thanos, was based on Darkseid in DC, yep. and Darkseid came out years before Thanos. You'll find Marvel took a lot of the same. Sure. Ideas. Namor, King of the Seas, basically Aquaman. I mean, right. there's only so many powers these heroes can have. Like, I'm right. sure DC newer stuff has copied marvel blah blah blah. there are a lot of cross storylines and no original so, idea <laughs> but okay so then another question that i had was does is the foster family a thing in the comics yes okay and then all of the shazams like them all coming together whatever uh, the wizard yep. said about you know, if you say yep. my name and seven, seven uh-huh. brothers or something or whatever that was all for real that's amazing yep, there's yep. a seventh in the comics an the, o uh, the tiger oh like talking oh, and they kept mentioning tiger in the movie yeah there was also there was a throne at the end there were only six of them so i wonder okay. i mean they introduced mr mind in the post credit scene that caterpillars so i wonder if they'll go the talking tiger route in a sequel that'd be cool that would be really cool <laughs> There's it was also, a pretty trippy story. 
I can always also, count on be a little trippy on some of these. There was also, uh, it was originally Shazam O. Glad they dropped the O. Well, the O was another, because, you know, the acronym, the O was another person that tried to steal the power or something. Well, as far as stories go, I, this one was just very unique with the family being intertwined into it and -hmm. knowing that that was also, that's what it started as in the comics makes me very, very happy. Well, it it kind of fits, it kind of fits a comic book trope, right? Like the, the underdog, the person nobody expects, expects that diamond in the rough um sure. character so and it's but i do like i really like the fact that as the story progresses um like you said not only so in this film um they become the foster family becomes a family billy joins he sees the value of all of these people that they care about him that he has a home that he has a place now um that he didn't have you know after he well we'll get into that we've got a lot to get to before we get to that part right we have to learn about billy right. talk about him his story his family Right. So as with all DC or Marvel, for that matter, there's a fair amount of tragedy in this movie. And that's what sculpts our hero in the long run. Right. Um, so we've got Billy and Batson. And our villain did remind me, the guy playing him reminded me so much of Stanley Tucci the entire time. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> he, he, I could see that. I totally, every, like, I did a double Isn't take at awesome. one point. And I'm like, wow, he looks like Stanley Tucci. <laughs> they could totally play brothers, actually. They could, but it, he is not Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Billy Batson. Um, he's a foster kid. Billy's early story is he's, um, he's at a carnival with his mom. They get separated. And all we know is he never finds his mom again. And he gets separated when he's like, like four. Like he's pretty young. So he spends a lot of his his time after that just trying to locate his mom and he kind of gets in trouble by by way of trying to locate his mom so when you see him first he gets in trouble by locking these cops in a convenience store by tricking them so that he can access their computer and look up his mom's information and that's his driving force the whole time is he doesn't have family anymore and he just wants his family back. And to him, that's his mom. He wants his mom back. So he is shipped around to foster home and foster home and nothing ever sticks because he's got a one track mind. He wants his mom back. The opening opening of the movie is actually for our villain, which took me a few minutes to realize later in the story that that's actually who we were looking at. Um, so we open on this kid is in an equally terrible situation. He's in a car. His dad is a total jerk face to him. His brother is a complete jerk to him. And he's riding in the car with his family. And all of a sudden he's not. So we're in this temple and we see the actor Dijman Hansu, who plays Shazam, um, old, old, very old wizard Shazam. And, um, you can tell he's done this a time or two. He basically has a big staff and he as in stick, not, not a sport <laughs> people that are at his, at his beck and whim. Um, and he basically says, you've got to be pure heart for me to pass this thing to you. Right. And the little boy we're looking at at the time who becomes our villain later in the future is drawn to this like glowing orb that you can tell is like, bad news and it's like a test right so it's this ultimate source of power and it starts to speak to him you know and he can't resist it and basically he fails shazam's test about being this virtuous person and he gets sent back to the car that he was riding in and um 
he ends up telling his family what he just saw and they don't believe him because they're jerk faces and it's also bizarre. But they get in a car accident and the dad gets really hurt and the jerk brother blames it on him. So this kid's got guilt. So that's I, his I think we should, we should say he wasn't just telling them. He started having a little freak out in the car because he wanted to go back. Like any kid would. You get drawn to this magical place, get right. promised powers, and then you're back in your family's car. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a distraction, I guess, for his family. But I didn't like them very much. No. You don't like the McAllisters? <laughs> so that's our villain's origin story we have billy's sort of origin story and um, he kind of gets in like one bit of trouble too much and he gets sent to this the foster family we see him placed with for the remainder of the movie coolest foster family ever i the love these people the nicest like, parents yeah because well, the they were they had been in the foster system themselves and came out of it yes and the atmosphere they provide for these kids is like what I think you would hope for if you were a foster kid, right? They feel equally comfortable and accepting of however you are. And since they know the system, they know the, the issues that come with it. And all the other kids in this house are just like really cool. Like you have the, the little super- girl when yes. as she comes in. Darla. She had little girl. Yeah, Dar- she had made this this poster for Billy as soon as he gets there that says welcome home brother and it's like my heart was just warm and then you have the other little boy that's like hardcore gaming on the laptop when they walk <laughs> in screaming that he's going to kill this person on the other side of the screen <laughs> and then you have the college-ish age girl who who's doing just that she's interviewing for college um applications she's interviewing to get into colleges and you can tell she's extremely smart and you can tell they're so proud of her which i also love in this scene when we're when we're meeting her and she's she's on a phone for a college interview and the dad's like hey play up the foster care thing colleges will eat that up (laughs) and so she does and then she comes down and she's so excited because it worked she started telling them about being a foster kid and and won them over (laughs) kind of quiet when he doesn't say that much his name's pedro and then um and then you meet freddie right who is the i would have voted for him for student council president for pedro (laughs) (laughs) and freddie is like the really uh he steals the show he yeah he's a superhero obsessed one always citing like studies about superpowers and uh he owns a model battering and a supposedly real bullet that bounced off Superman's chest and got crushed. And uh, yep, and he's a big Superman fan. That's like his. That's his guy. Is Superman? Well, because in this in this world, Superman is a person. Yes. So yeah. it's Batman. Batman and Superman. So is Batman. Yes, they're real. So I I will say later on I like that Batman and Superman both have a part to play later on. Yeah, me too. Especially the <laughs> Superman at the end. Man, I hope they. I was so wishing they were going to pan up to a face, and it was actually Henry Cavill. Like I so bad wanted that to happen. Can I just tell you? I think that we all did. Really I really mm-hmm. do. Yeah, I probably just couldn't get him or something. I don't know, but that would have been amazing. Yeah, probably. So Billy Batson is he's walled himself off from everybody else, right? Because again, he's just looking for his mom. He doesn't have time for anybody else. And he really doesn't feel the need to have a family nope. because he kind of feels he has in his a mind family. Right. He's got he one. He needs to get back to it. Looking for- 
That's right. So it's really sad. It, it is really sad. sad. Yeah. And can I say real quick about the foster family? I love every time they sit down for dinner, they do the hands in type rhyming yeah. prayer, off the cuff prayer. Yes, they and do. I just love the guy who plays the dad, Walking Dead guy, actor guy. He is the guy from The Walking he Dead. Yep. I know you look familiar. Okay. He's well, slightly different, makes... slightly different character in this, though. Yeah, a little, a little different. <laughs> yeah, I like that too, and the beautiful foreshadowing of that at the end of the movie when you realize what happens with the family is just fantastic. It's so good. Um, so. Is similar to our villain's experience in the temple at the beginning of the movie, Billy has his own experience in the temple in this movie as well, except he's actually selected. Um, these powers are passed well, from. Well, 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 this he's comes kind of the after, only choice. He's the last he choice. Because at this point, our grown up villain found a way back to the temple, and the wizard is so weak, he's just able to steal the orb which releases the seven deadly sins and uh, goes out to wreak havoc with his new power. So the wizard just summons the first person to him who can, gotta give he's got to give his powers to somebody so he can stop the seven deadly sins. And uh, it just so happens to coincide with Billy Batson after Billy demonstrated that he's willing to stick up for the underdog when, uh, he saw these two bullies at school beating on on Freddy, who's on crutches. And those guys uh, were just awful, man. Yeah, they were terrible. I I did love how his whole foster family came to his defense, though. And the little uh, the little Asian kid whoops out nunchucks, and he's like, "I know how to use these." And then he knocks himself out because he hits yeah. himself. In the head he obviously did not know how yeah. to do it. Um. You so yeah. So that's an, a very important correction because. Billy's not the pure of heart person I think Shazam was looking for. No. And that's a lot of the struggle here at the beginning when he becomes um, when he becomes Shazam, he oh, he kind of does what you think you would do, right? It's like when you're given a superpower and you're not expecting it, what's the first thing you would do, right? If you give the get the power of invisibility, how many people are going to roll out and go grab that super expensive purse they wanted and <laughs> run off with it? I mean, it's that with great power comes great responsibility, but he's a 14-year-old kid. So exactly. there is a very good amount at the beginning of this movie that is Freddy and Shazam working to try and figure out what his superpowers actually are. And that is all so hilarious to me. Freddy's <laughs> checklist they're going through. <laughs> dude, he's sadistic when he lights him on fire to test if he's fireproof. Without telling him what? What, what about when they're in the convenience store? Wait, we don't know if it's oh your suit or your skin that's full of... Shoot out his face. Shoot him in the face. <laughs> that was such a teeny you too. Like, you turn into a doll all of a sudden, and he's like, can I have some of your finest beer, please? Yes. <laughs> that's right. And I love that they tried it, and it was absolutely awful, so they rolled oh, back out of there and Cheetos. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Um, watching Zachary Levi act like he's a 14-year-old boy in an adult man body really was hilarious. And it felt re it felt accurate to me. It made me laugh. I think given the opportunity, most of us um, can activate that part of our brain and return to that point <laughs> in our life relatively easily. <laughs> I'm not really sure men, per men actually mature much past that point. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm, I'm really not kidding. <laughs> so we see, um, we see Shazam because he's still in the mindset of he doesn't need anybody. Um, kind of tailspin out of control into just being reveling in the fact he is this super thing. Right. All the time. Yep. And posing as charging. one of these people. Yeah. Charging people right. for autographs. And, for autographs and-, <laughs> and the first time they skip school, by the way, where he pretends to be their father. <laughs> it's hilarious. That was- yeah. That was- yeah. Doing the business things. Or <laughs> I just yeah. came from the business office. <laughs> Officer, uh, Officer Moran. It's Moran. <laughs> so as, as Shazam is playing with his powers, right. And as he's alienating all of his family members that really just try and include him as family and he keeps pushing them away. Our villain is just wreaking havoc. He, um, he gets revenge on his terrible brother and father by pitching them out high rise windows and sicking one of the sins on them. It's a terrifying uh, scene, by the way, that felt very DC. This movie feels, it's like shrouded in that same dirty, dark, dark. coloring yep. that DC is. So I was glad they stayed consistent. I was hoping when, they would. When that, when during that scene, when the little receptionist outside the conference room goes to the glass window, the frosted windows, and then all of a sudden you just see everyone up against it panicking before being yeah. taken by the sins. That was creepy. That would have creeped me out. I was like, kid yeah. uh i think that's a lot more effective than actually showing what was happening in the room like yes oh, that was very yeah. well done what did it you was. think of the sins like cgi they're a little they were a little hokey i wish they did kept come up in the comic books yes but they uh-huh. looked, I wish they kept their regular appearance because they look more like you know like lust was more like a shaped like a, they were more humanoid so sexy yeah. woman like glutton yeah. was a big you know heavy set person like which right. gluttony was probably my favorite looking of the sins oh. in this like, was that the, the big one that jiggled and the mouth open yes yeah. yes yes oh gosh that one was disgusting <laughs> i mean that's so, the point of that, but i don't think we're yeah. supposed to look at gluttony and think wow you know? Yeah, no, we're not. But, you're, yeah, that, you're living your best yeah. life, gluttony. But you should Google wow. what they look like in the comics because they are like really different looking. They're yeah, they, really different, and they were better in the comic, I think. But I get it; they don't have time to introduce seven humanoid, talking, intelligent villains on top of their main villain in a two-hour right. movie. That's true. Especially when we can have more time for Billy's or, I guess, Shazam's antics, right? So his antics. So while the villain's wrecking havoc, like he thinks he's all powerful and then the sins put in his mind, the wizard found his champion. You need to yes. kill him and take his powers before he learns how to master them. So he sets out to find Billy, who at this point is like in Philly going lightning in my hands. Lightning oh my, in my gosh, hands. that was so That was funny. so hokey, guys. <laughs> Hilarious. It was, but it was like Oh, come on, Billy. This is what you're going to do? And, and this is the first time he sees his powers have consequences because he accidentally shoots a bus off the road. Mm-hmm. And he has, to, he has to save him. And he's panicking. He finds a dirty mattress to try to catch the bus at first while dangling off this ledge. Then he catches the bus. He goes to put it down, and there's a dog sitting there. <laughs> so he's trying to hold this bus up while he's shooing the dog away. 
And this is where him and Freddie have like this falling out, which I found heartbreaking. Like he just says to him, you're just jealous because you are the one who wants the powers. And Freddie's like, you think? Yeah. Like Like, Freddie owned that. Yeah. He absolutely owned it. Great and terrible scene at the same time. And that's when our villain comes in contact directly now with Shazam. Like he's found the guy and... And they start duking it out. He and it's the first time. Because it's all over the news, which is important for later. So we have and this epic battle. Okay, epic. It's not as epic in, as it is later because Shazam is still trying to figure his crap out. Well, and at first he thinks it's like a joke, like, oh, you're the bad guy, right? Like, just warning you. Like, and then he's like, oh, crap. This guy, he knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah. he, and he did. And this is when he learns how to fly, too, because he basically yes. takes him up into the stratosphere and drops him. <laughs> He's just <laughs> falling to his death. He's like, I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. Yeah, and finally, it's when he says he doesn't want to die, that he lightly yep. hovers an inch above the ground. Well, and uh, <laughs> did he say something like, like, wasn't he amazed? He's like, you can fly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's like, even when as he's doing this, he's starstruck by what the other, by what his arch, his new arch nemesis can do. And all our arch nemesis wants to do is absorb Shazam's powers to like make his complete. So that's yep. his goal is to catch this guy and harness the power. And right um, and right away he knows there's something wrong with him. He's like, you act like a child, even though he doesn't realize he's a child at this yeah. point. Not yeah, that that changes anything later. in his plans. <laughs> no, not that it does. <laughs> um, but they have this epic fight. So we haven't really talked about it yet, but this movie is set at Christmas. There's snow. Yes, it is. It's cr- uh, it's not just set at Christmas. It is Christmassy. It feels like Christmas. It does. It does it feel does like Christmas. feel Christmassy, and so, that amplifies be- the whole family thing as well. Because it's so, as, it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. So I, they go. I, I would agree. I'm throwing with the that. gauntlet down early on this one. Yeah, so they go fighting through the mall. This mall. They start fighting through Philly. Fighting through this mall. Where you get this hilarious scene of Santa sitting with this little girl. <laughs> just, well, this Santa who keeps popping up during the movie is hilarious. Yeah. But Shazam and Savannah come crashing through, and Santa practically throws this throws girl the girl in front of him and takes <laughs> off like running, screaming his head off, which is just so funny. And yeah. then there's an epic. Well, it's a fun moment when they're in the toy store and he's throwing like Batman and Superman dolls at him, like, get him, Batman. And yep. then they, you have the big reference because he stands on the piano that Savannah runs across and the keys are making the music as uh, that goes him. Just like big. Yep. I like that Freddy, I actually like the way Freddy used his powers uh, to keep saying Shazam to get out of tough situations and turn back into the kid. Or like yes. get lightning to strike the sins later on. You mean Billy? Or whatever. Yeah, Billy. Sorry. Yeah, I did like that. I like I that too. a lot. That was, um, and, and, it, and it escapes in the mall. He does. That's how he gets away. And that's also how, that's when our villain sees Freddy and realizes, makes the connection that Freddy knows Shazam and by virtue then knows the, the not Shazam version of Shazam. Shazam. And that's how our villain really gets to the heart of the matter and shows up at the foster home and takes the family hostage, minus the parents, the kids. Which, because the parents are out to be a Billy, who yes. found his foster mom because his siblings, his foster, 
or his biological because his foster siblings found the address for him, mm-hmm. which was very that they present. Hey, yep. Good use of proper nomenclature. Thank you. Giving Anthony credit. We hear in the adoption in the adoption world, we hear all the time, quote unquote, the real mom, her real mom. And that's just birth or bio. Birth or bio are good. Yeah. I was I was I always cringe the the time where I have to explain to people, no, you really shouldn't say about foster kids or adoptive kids, you should not say they're real mom. That's yeah. So thank you, Anthony. You made my day. (laughs) Tom, I'm so glad I could do that. So much so that I'm gonna be nice to you on mic. Oh my gosh. A rare occurrence. For the world to hear. <laughs> For our diehard listeners who know every episode back and forward, let us know. Is this the second time in history? The first time this has happened in his podcast history? Oh, I've been closer yeah. to that. We can, we can go over it in our uh, two-year anniversary. I'm sure we can count on one hand how many times. <laughs> how many times we've been nice to each other? <laughs> oh, it's higher than that. It would take two hands for both of us, yeah. But no. Um. So the scene with Billy and his biological mother is heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. I mean, Billy, for, for all of these years, he's wanted nothing more than to find his bio mom, which, you know, if, if any of you have experience with adoptive or foster children or people who don't know one of their bio parents, it's a horrible, tragic thing to watch happen. Um, and so... Mm-hmm. That really hit me hard when I was watching Billy doing that. It just, it was, it felt very, his, his, his quest for his bio mom felt very real, that quest for family. And, and it's not just family, it's identity. He wants to know who he is, where he comes from, um, all of that good jazz. But um, he finds her and she basically says, yeah, I, I knew where you were. I saw you at the police. I just saw an opportunity to leave. And she did. So the- the reframing of that scene, when you see the scene the first time in the movie, it's in, it's in Billy's point of view and the lighting is brighter and the mom is a lot more optimistic and, and loving sounding. And when you see it during this scene and he relives it, it's a stressed young mom. She's overwhelmed. She looks like she's on the brink of tears. Oh, and it was so heartbroken. She wins him this little compass thing, which he's kept on to all these years. And he Mm -hmm. goes to give it to her. And she's like, what is that? Like something that meant so much to him. So he would always, she told him it would help him always find his way home. And he referenced that. He's like, look, it it did, mom. I found my way home. And she's like, you know, I've got a good thing here with this awesome guy in here. I don't really need you to mess it up. I think it's best if you just leave awesome guy who is clearly abusive because you hear him yelling yeah. at her from the apartment. Yeah. And this is really what Billy, Billy. The, little, the last kick that he needs. Cause it's at this point, Freddie calls him and he answers and immediately says, I'm sorry. But turns out it's Savannah calling from Freddie's phone saying, get home because I have yeah. your family. And then you get this awesome shot of Billy on the roof. At that is my favorite ever. He looks like a superhero for the like for the first time. He looks like a this is like a real superhero shot. Yeah, right? and he runs off the roof, jumps off as a kid in midair. He says Shazam! Lightning strikes him and he just takes off through the air. But yes, yep. You see that? You see that uh, pensive, brooding superhero in him right before that point yeah. where he's becoming who yeah. he's he, he, he who he needs to be because he's found this thing worth sacrificing so good. his family oh it's yeah it's so good it's so good that gave i'm that that 
just from this point on where he realizes the value of family and who these people are and that they mattered and that they care about him and just all the freaking feels. Yes. That he, I, gets so, he gets like legit angry too when he lands in that backyard. Well, he knows he's not, he knows he probably can't take this guy, but he's going to do it anyway because that's what matters, right? He is and, and, mad. And the guy too, and Savannah is like, <laughs> he knows he has like the upper hand, knows what he's doing. Like Shazam's like, let them go and I'll come in. And he's like, come in and I might let them go. Like he has the sin. He's such a douche turd. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um. It was at this point that I started to realize that Savano's probably not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I started to have my doubts right around now. So this is also what takes us to the last scenes in the movie, the last conflict, and it's in this Christmas village. It's a, like a carnival, like Christmas, Christmas carnival. carnival. It is perfect. It is Before, perfect. Right before we get there, though, he has Shazam at the temple, ready to give up his powers, and his family gets to save him. Mm-hmm. Is it, this seems important because you find out they find out his weakness. Like when the sins leave his little orb in his eye, he's mortal. He can get hurt, and they realize this because Freddy uses his battering. <laughs> Which is the Batman moment I liked. I was glad something Batman he had a Yeah. Little spotlight. He uses a battering to throws it at Savannah's head and it makes him bleed. Mm-hmm. And Shazam is gets his family and escapes the temple with them and they end up in a strip club because it's the first place he thinks of to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you covering my eyes? <laughs> and uh, yeah, then they end up at the Winter Carnival, which the Christmas Carnival, the snowflake Ferris wheel and the giant tree in the middle. Yeah, and each of the little houses, it looks like a candy cane village. <clears throat> and so all of the sins are unleashed. Well, almost all of the sins are unleashed on the family members. And so they're all in peril and Shazam is fighting with our villain and realizes he'd forgotten a sin that he could not account for up until this point, which I really liked this too. And this shows his maturity too real quick. Cause he leads him away from the carnival. So he can't like hurt all those innocent people. Like he takes yes. flies yep. up into the air, into the city. Well, yeah, he still takes him into the city, but <laughs> we don't care I, about I, people. <laughs> I did. I did love because well, you know, if those people didn't terrible. love their, if those people didn't love their kids and families enough to be at that Christmas carnival, I don't really see a reason yeah, to save their on. lives. That's on there. I loved how they made fun of these big superhero moments in movies where they're hovering like 50 feet away, having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Just them and Savannah are hovering at the complete opposite sides of the block and Savannah's talking like, I'm going to tear the flesh from your bones. And then from <laughs> Billy's point of view, can't hear a word he's saying. He's like, what? I can't hear you. Excuse me? <laughs> I just blah, blah, blah. I just see mouths moving. Which, I mean, we see that in movies all the time. So for them to actually yeah. make fun of themselves was great. Like you said, Julia, I think it was really smart how he realized it was envy that was yep. sticking yeah. 
Vana and uh, lured him out by calling him small and pathetic mm-hmm. and the weakest one. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved that scene. Yeah, and it's an accurate characterization of that sin, if you think about it. It is the one that kind of hides in the shadows. Yep. And it's the one that he would have struggled with the most, you know, that same exact situation that Billy was in with a family that now that he realized didn't love him or or to not to be without a real family and just kind of the different ways they took that. So um, I can't, didn't it happen before this, before he led him away from the carnival? Isn't that when he gave his family the superpowers? Is that when it happened? I don't know, but. I love that scene. He realizes it was before. Yeah, I I got before he lured them. Yeah, he realizes a wizard had said something to him at the beginning about their six other thrones, like share them or you know Mm -hmm. fill the thrones. So he takes the wizard staff and has his brothers and sisters hold it. And he's like, "Okay, guys, say my name," and they're all like, "Billy," which is (laughs) (laughs) no, guys, my other name, my superhero name, (laughs) a Shazam, and it's just this awesome, like, uplifting, like, heroic moment because you see them all now as superheroes, the same type of costume, just different colors. And Adam Brody was a perfect older Freddy. Oh, he was. Um, if he doesn't grow up to look like him in the future, I'm going to be highly disappointed. He looks He looks like he could be him younger. Yeah. He totally does. Yeah. But I have to give a shout I out like- to the older girl, the youngest sister. I liked yeah. the older version of her and how yeah. cute she was when we- she saved Santa. Whispers in her ear what she wants for Christmas. like, what the heck is wrong with this kid? Yeah, because initially when the fight fight breaks out at this carnival, again, Santa's there, like, doing his job. Same Santa. Santa from the mall. And the minute this fight breaks out, he's like, oh, God, and just takes (laughs) off in the crowd. (laughs) Santa does not have the, uh, the, the selfless nature that Billy developed. No. <laughs> but his scene at the very, very end is so funny. When he gets on the oh, news, and he loses it. <laughs> Poor Santa. But yeah. like this scene where they're all heroes, there are so many good moments in it. You see Freddy saving the bullies from the beginning, like from the snowflake Ferris wheel, giving them the wedgie mm-hmm. as he's doing it because you have to, there, he's still a kid. Right. <laughs> and they really deserve it. Oh, I forgot one of my favorite parts of the movie was when uh, Billy throws the bully's car and they're looking everywhere for the car and all of us are his <laughs> truck and uh, all of a sudden this truck just collapses down and nobody knows where it came from. Oh, it's pretty epic. Eventually Shazam gets the orb from Savannah's eyes, traps his sins again, and then fakes out his foster family by pretending to be <laughs> tempted by, so the, by the power. <laughs> Yeah, they're recognized as heroes, and then you get this beautiful scene at the end where Fred, where Billy, who has resisted the whole movie, doing the hands-in prayer with his family mm-hmm. at dinner, uh, he's the one who initiates it, and you can just see how happy his foster parents are, and it's awesome. And then the very end scene, <laughs> he makes up for being a jerk to Freddy by showing up at lunch to prove not only he knows Shazam. But he brought a friend, and you hear the John Williams Superman score, and Superman walks in. 
and it pans up. You see the logo. We assume is Superman. We don't see the face to confirm. Right. I'm but guessing I'm... from Freddy's reaction, which is hilarious, that it was probably the real Superman. Yeah. It's he... even more hilarious now because Freddy is a superhero. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and that was the movie. And I thought the end credits were really fun, too. Like, the animated... Uh, they were fun. Um, you want to talk the, about the post-credit scene? Oh, with Mr. Mind. Yes. I'm so excited going for Mr. Mind and the sequel. Yeah, the I mean, he was just that weird kind of pillar to me because, again, I have no history. But So I was very confused. But I was glad that they left it open that there might be another one. Oh, Hopefully. there is another one. There's it's another happening. one. They're writing it right now. Yep, it's and happening. They made enough money to get one. Um, but, yeah, Mr. Mind's just like alien genius caterpillar <laughs> caterpillar guy and oh he's so good so he's good. so good and i was so happy they went all camp at the end of the post credit scene and showed him well they showed him at the beginning of the movie too because he was in the jar in the wizard's uh, in, yep yep in the wizard's temple when savannah was a kid but by the time they go he, billy goes as an adult uh, uh the jar is broken open and he's gone now, I didn't notice that in the movie. I had a, I read it as I was studying up for tonight. And mm-hmm. I so I need to go back and rewatch that because I didn't actually see it for myself. But yeah, I thought that was a really cool way to tie in what, what we know is going to happen now. And then the second yes. after credit scene is just funny when they're testing whether or not he could talk to fish and he can't. And uh, <laughs> Shazam is like, what a useless power that is anyway. <laughs> 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 Poor Aquaman. Does anybody? Does anybody? Okay, so I, this is a horrible thing, mean question. But does anybody actually like Aquaman? Is Aquaman somebody? And he's like, yes, that's my favorite superhero. I don't think so. I, I enjoyed so. the movie. Fun to watch, but yeah, I think I think people like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I don't think people would say I'd rather be Aquaman over like Batman or Superman, but I think they enjoy Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I mean, shoot, the guy does get to, like, use legions of killer whales. And, like, Did y'all gigantic- see the, y'all know the Aquaman scene from Family Guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Julia, there's a woman getting assaulted on the beach, and Aquaman's in the water, and uh, he just starts threatening the guy and can't do anything, so the guy just keeps assaulting the woman, and she's like, please, somebody help, somebody help. He's like, all right. And he starts throwing so- uh, starfish oh my God. <laughs> from the water because he has absolutely no power that, will, that helps in this situation. <laughs> Oh, it's good. My my favorite random beach family guy scene though is when Lois gets rescued by the merman, but it's the upper half that's a it's fish a, in the, the backwards merman. <laughs> and Lois is like, Oh, I just expected something different and he's like, But isn't this every woman's fantasy? And she's like, Yeah, but I just <laughs> and he's like, But how but how would that work if I had the bottom of a fish and <laughs> <laughs> that show used to be so good it did used to be so funny is this a christmas movie yes i agree i think the family stuff put it over the edge it had so much more christmas feels there were real legitimate linus moments here for well i guess really billy was the only one who needed them and he got them i was veering into the not a christmas movie just set at christmas until you dropped die hard and i think i have to say this is a christmas movie now Yes! We are in agreement. I'm so happy. I thought I would be the loner on this one. Uh, I kind of thought I would be too, honestly. I I can see myself 
busting this one out at Christmas time and enjoying it more than I would not at Christmas time. Which that was my rationale. Also drives home the fact that it is a Christmas movie. And it did have like Christmas music during Christmas, the background. Yeah. And oh, it just yeah. Christmassy. Like the Christmas the, movie select the Christmas song selections were great in this that, movie. <laughs> I and I mean I love the beginning when they, I I love the car crash at the beginning, but when they're tumbling yeah, in the air, air and it's do you hear what I hear? Like as yeah, yeah, no, it was great. It was like yeah. perfect. And I don't like, think that's the context the song is supposed to have, though, y'all. <laughs> Probably not. No, it's totally a Christmas movie, and I it's a milestone for the show because it is our third superhero film we've covered. That has been set at Christmas, but the first one we actually deemed a Christmas movie. It is. I, I'm with Julie. It is one I will add and watch at Christmas time. It's a good movie I can watch anytime. But I'm with you, Julie. I think just having that great Christmas music in it, having the mm-hmm. the family feels, yeah. And that's what really got me over the you know sold me over on uh, this being a Christmas movie is like you said the family it's like this is the dysfunctional family that I imagine Julia talks about loving right a little nicer than the ones <laughs> but it's like it's a good dysfunctional family like this well, is, well, I, I should say more maybe I'm sorry maybe not dysfunctional non-traditional family yeah non-traditional because they really are very functional they aren't they are at the end yeah with Billy the movie I found myself thinking of which I actually said wasn't a Christmas movie but I need to might need to reevaluate is while you were sleeping. That was another one set at Christmas, but like it was the family that pushed it over the edge for you, Julia. That's what did it for me in this one. I was like, huh. Yeah. I might have to reevaluate that one. I don't remember where I came in on that one. I could go either way on it, but I feel this I one think has. I swayed you on that one. I think you may have, but I feel this one's more Christmassy. It's definitely more Christmassy. Yeah. That one, at a, that one was set after christmas i think right yeah. but i mean this yeah 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 oh this is such a this was such a fun movie to talk about and i, I love, well, we didn't even ask do y'all have any favorite quotes we kind of oh i do i do we need to hit some favorite quotes because this movie's got some of them this movie's got great quotes okay i like this one because like this this one actually like made me think yeah, i was like i bet this is actually like would be true if superheroes existed and it's when uh Freddie was talking to Billy and he was like, flight or invisibility? If you could have one superpower, flight or invisibility, what would you pick? I mean, everybody chooses flight. You know why? And Billy's like, so they can fly away from this conversation. And Freddie's like, no, no, because heroes fly. And who doesn't want people to think they're a hero, right? But invisibility, no way. That's pervy. Spying on people who don't even know <laughs> sneaking around everywhere. It's a total villain power, right? And then he goes on to explain how like when they did an anonymous study, more people chose invisibility because their names wouldn't be on it. And I thought to myself, like, that's totally what would happen. Like, more people would totally choose that power because people are pervy in this plot on this planet. <laughs> I would 100%, without a doubt, choose flight. I would too. Oh, yeah, I, I would too. But part of that is because I grew up with comic books and superheroes fly right if i'm gonna be a superhero i want to be a superhero uh i'm gonna go to where billy meets his you know family or you know his new family and uh Mm -hmm. the mom brings him in and she says uh this is billy batson make sure you make him feel at home and uh freddie says when they're alone they seem nice 
but don't buy it. It gets real Game of Thrones around here. And Billy looks petrified. And Freddie's like, dude, just messing around. You look at me and you're like, why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You've got it all. (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, I'm like, I love Freddie. Freddie's going to be a favorite. (laughs) I also, I'm going to go and steal another line. I really like the line after they are in the convenience store. Sorry, I'm stealing this. I don't know if y'all are going to say it, but I really want to say it. So I'm just going out there. Go ahead. Uh, And after they robbed everybody, after the robbers come in and uh, uh, Billy wards them off with Freddie urging them on and and they run away. Shazam's like, sorry about your window, but you're welcome for not getting robbed. (laughs) And Freddie says, have a good day. And and then a grown pretty woman walks by and he just looks at her and he's like, hey, I'm a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's also like a two-bit little moment, but when they're walking through the mall and he goes, Your phone is charged. Your phone is charged. <laughs> Which was in the commercials and made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it was funnier though after you got to meet Billy and Shazam, right? After you got yes. to meet his character, it was so much funnier. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not, and I loved how they were the one guy just wasn't appreciative. He was like, Whoa, man. Because <laughs> the phone sparks out <laughs> And um, so I like the running gag because one of the things he initially says, the first time he turns into Shazam, is like, dude, I don't even know how to pee in this thing. And then, like, <laughs> when they're trying everything out, drinking a bunch of Pepsis because they, like, electrocuted the vending machine, yeah. he all of a sudden has to pee and he's like, oh, God, what do I do? Oh, never mind. Shazam! And you just see lightning strike <laughs> the bathroom and, and some guy goes- runs out, comes running <laughs> out. <laughs> 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 I like when Billy beat up the bullies using Freddy's crutches. That was pretty rad. Oh, that, that was, was rad. rad. I was hoping oh. he'd get a few more hits in before he got his rear end kicked and he took I did too. Um, we talked about liking the foster mom and dad. Um, so the mom is really bothered when Billy disappears for a few days and they have a little heart to heart. They're talking about that night um, when they're trying to get the Christmas tree going and, and Billy's still missing. And the mom says, didn't even make it two days, not even two days. And our dad speaks up and he says, baby, we did our fair share of running off back then. At least I did. Even Mary did it twice. The second time she ran off, you said something that I'll never forget. You said, it's not a home till you call it a home. It's something you choose. All we can do is give him a place full of love. Whether he chooses to call it a home, that's up to him. I loved that. Feeling teary-eyed just hearing it. And that tree is so so cute. It is. Um, and because you brought that night, so I like when Freddie and Shazam sneak back into the house and he still doesn't know how to change back at this point. So they hide right. in Darla's room and Darla's awake. And she's about to scream and like Shazam rushes over and covers her mouth and Freddie's like, hey, cover your mouth. It's like you're going to kidnap her. It's not going to make her less scared. Okay. And Shazam's <laughs> like, Darla, Darla, it's me. It's Billy. I know I don't look like me. A wizard made me like this. And Freddie's like, maybe don't start with a wizard. It's just going to make her more confused. <laughs> And, and Billy's like Shazam's like some old guy brought me to a temple and he made me say Shazam <laughs> and lightning strikes the house <laughs> and the dad downstairs thinks he was screwing in a bulb on the Christmas tree and thought he blew the power <laughs> <laughs> I loved it when they're sitting there legitimately with a realtor I don't. I don't have. I don't have the whole quote. But when they're talking to the realtor, they're telling the realtor they're looking for a lair and they need more rooms. They ask you if they can get the lair behind a waterfall. 
Oh, I, lo- I love, again, because they never officially name him, so Freddy's always coming up with new names for him. He's like, this is Captain Thundercrack. And Shazam's like, what? No, that sounds like butt stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> he says another one that totally sounds wrong, too, right after that. I got to see if there's yeah. a list of all the names that Freddy gives him. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta see because we need to just read them all. They were just great. Every superhero name. There was Captain Sparkle Fingers. There we go. Yeah, that's what he called them in front of the girl, right? Captain Sparkle yes. Fingers, Thundercrack, Mister Philadelphia, Zapped in Man, Zapped in America, Red Cyclone, Power Boy, Maximum Voltage, Sir Zapsalot, Human Power Storm, Sir Zap. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the one they call him, like, in front of Savannah and the Sins when they come to rescue him. Sir Zapsalot. <laughs> I like it when Shazam says to, uh, to a Dr. Savannah, you're not going to believe this, but you're actually the first villain I've ever fought. It's kind of a huge deal for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when the little um, Eugene, the little gaming foster uh-huh. brother, is, is in his superhero body and he's shooting lightning bolts off and he says it's street fighter right when he says is it hadouken yes (laughs) yeah when he shoots a lightning bolt out which seemed like just so right right i love when they go into back to the to the cave and uh freddy and like grown-up freddy and grown-up billy are like uh uh freddy says you know what this place is it's a lair we got a lair and freddy's like we got a lair <laughs> so I was talking about earlier how I really thought it was smart how Shazam drew envy out of Savannah, and he was mm-hmm. like, "So this is like the seven deadly sins, right?" I mean, I've never been great at math, but uh, the big angry one—that's wrath, yeah—and then gluttony, obvi, pride, greed, sloth, lust. Who I thought was going to be way hotter <laughs> if I'm being. But that's only six. Where's lucky number seven? Where's little man? Where's envy? Is he just scared of me and my family because we're so awesome? Because I get that. Like the other sins, they get to come out and fight because they're big and strong and scary. But envy, he's just the runt. And that's why all the other sins never invite him out to play, man, because they all know who'd win. And it's not weak, worthless, ugly envy. That was some good trolling right there. Yeah, it was. And by the way... Uh, lust is hotter in the comments. <laughs> I think you'd be hard pressed to find a less hot lust than what we saw in this film, y'all. I like, I don't know, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be able to tell all the sins apart in this film. Uh uh-uh. Greed no. had all the hands, I thought that was smart. And okay. gluttony was the big fat one with the big mouth, he was obvious. Yeah, they're a lot more accurately descriptive in the comic books looking at the pictures yes much more so yes you look and know who they are which i think they should you know you say it's harder to develop but i think that would have been probably better had they done that because it would have been easier to follow who was who and we would have known probably i think we would have identified earlier that there was one missing Mm -hmm. um i feel like no matter what they had to tell us as as an audience that somebody was missing because we weren't nobody was counting and it's not outright obvious so the symbols that keep showing up on like the alarm clock and the magic eight ball those were symbols for the seven deadly sins i just put that together yep oh yep so i like how the whole film they're trying to come up with a catchphrase (laughs) yeah as well 
Um, and I forgot all the jokey ones, but I like at the end, at the carnival, Billy's like, if a superhero can't save his family, he's not much of a hero. And he says that before he's about to go fight Savannah. And as he mm-hmm. walks away, Freddy's like, that was a decent catchphrase. Decent catchphrase, that's right. <laughs> um, and just because we never mentioned it, do you want to say what Shazam stands for? The acronym that, because I don't think, I think a lot of people miss in the movie that it's actually an acronym. Shu, Hiro, Amon, Zuthu, Atenol, Mayhan. Well, in the movie, no, that's that's no. It's uh, in the movie. It is go here. Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Yep, and that's what the wizard says: wisdom of Solomon, strength of Hercules, stamina of Atlas, power of Zeus, courage of Achilles, and speed of Mercury. And that's all of the powers he gets. Makes a lot more. Although we didn't see him executing a lot of wisdom early on. We didn't see him executing a lot of... We saw he could shoot lightning from his hands, but he never actually uses that when he's fighting the villains. Well, no. I mean, that's that makes too much sense. It's time to rank this thing. Let's rank it. All right, I'm going to go take a quick shower while Anthony figures this out. Ha, 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 Do you're you so- know where you're going to rank it? I was stalling. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about Anthony. I mean, oh, I know. I just out of He was all, it's so funny. And then I was going to be like, do you know where you're going to rank it? Well, no. But I, I, actually, I actually think I do know where I'm going to rank it. It's a little easier because of like some of the movies we already mentioned. I know, I know where I'm, I know I'm going to give it. I'm going to go the 9.22. Woo. Nice. Out. I am going with an 8.9. Nice. I'm coming in at a 7.8. Which gives us an average of 8.64. Wow, wow. guy. That pushes Joyous Noel out of the top, doesn't it? Oh. Ken. Okay, yes. <laughs> that comes in at number nine on our list. Wow. It comes in. Does that put Home Alone at number 10 now? It's Home Alone was pushed to number 10. Wow. wow. <laughs> it comes in between A Muppet Family Christmas and Home Alone at number nine on the list. Wow. I think we're going to hear some opinions on that one, y'all. Yeah, I think we are. I think <laughs> You know what? But the, I actually like surprises like this when we don't know. Like when the, Gr- when the new Grinch placed at like point something below National Lampoon, we were all shocked. But I still agree with it 100%. It's where it needs to be. It is. I've oh, watched it I, numerous times since, and it is still just as amazing. And have you discovered what happened to Fred yet? Or have you come around to my line of thinking that he was a rose beast? Oh my gosh, that's just sick. <laughs> You're a horrible, horrible person. All I know is he saved the Grinch, and then the Grinch and Max show up to that party, and Fred is nowhere to be seen, but there's a giant plate of food on that table. But that plate of food was already cooked. Exactly. And that was a whole night after. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is our last episode of August. Next time our users, our listeners hear from us, we will be in the Bermans. I'm ready for that. I'm hoping they're cooler, Julia. It's this, this last minute like heat wave we've, we've had has been eat. brutal. So, Tom, do you want to yeah, talk about I, uh, 
maybe listeners leaving us reviews and what they're going to. So listeners. So we've got a new awesome sticker that is coming out. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, you're getting it. So don't worry. But if you leave us a review on Facebook or uh, preferably iTunes, make sure you let us know and we'll get you a sticker sent your way as well. And if you've already reviewed us on iTunes or Facebook, share us with your Christmas loving friends and family. Because you've already left us a review and then you share us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll go on and send another sticker. We got enough of them. Um, We also have at least one new shirt, y'all, maybe two, that you can buy. We'll, we'll announce that we'll make them public this week. You can pre-order them. They will be limited run. You can get them now. Um, and they will be printed. Oh, uh, I love shirts. Late September. So you'll have them in Is time that, for the holidays. And was that Patreon. Really for you? Yes. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, check. Uh, be sure to check our Patreon link. If you're going to order, there'll be a code for you and you get a uh, 25% discount on the shirts. Ooh, that's exciting. So guys, you want to hear some exciting news? I do. We only have 2,904 hours until Christmas. That, my friends, is only 121 days. It's only 17 weeks. 121 days? Three weeks, we're (laughs) at 100. We're at the real countdown then. That's crazy. All right. So do your homework. Next week is our two year anniversary special. Yay. So go back and listen to every episode that we've ever done. (laughs) Except those first few that are super awkward that I can't even listen to. We redid those. So you're good. Actually, that's, that's a question I have for you guys. And I want to pose to our listeners. If you were going to share this show with a new listener, what episode would you tell them to start with? Like, what episode oh. do you two feel like we found our groove? I think we're going to need some time to and think I want that to one hear, through. And I want to hear this from our listeners as well. So let's give is this people find two, our groove or is this favorite episode? Find our groove. Like, if they were going to start listening week after week after week, not just favorite episode, like, which episode do you think is the first one we really well, found? Well, so our even... So I would, if you were to, so you're asking two different questions to me here, because if you ask me if I was going to introduce this to someone, what episode would I give them would not be the first one that found our groove. Um, I would pick one of our, I, I think I'd have an easier time picking one for, you know, if, if I were to introduce us to a new listener. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. we open the question up to both. Either okay. when do you, when do you think we got our, became who we are and when uh, what episode would you recommend for a first-time listener? Yeah, to get them hooked. I think we became who we were a little sooner than wait, wait, we ourselves. Okay. Just saying. Let's not influence our listeners, though. Let's give them a cup of some time to respond. <laughs> okay. Fair? I think that's fair. But next week, we should next talk week. about this for sure. Agreed. Yes. So All right. Do your homework. Have a great week, everyone. And uh, enjoy the burr months. Bye. Enjoy that pumpkin spice latte. Is that it? (laughs) Said the night wind to the little land. 
Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night With a tail as big as a kite With a tail as big as a kite Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? A song, a song High above the tree With a voice as big as the sea With a voice as big as the sea